All right. Um, where do we want to begin? I know there's a couple new people here today, so why don't we go ahead and share a little bit before we even move into meditation. Um, you know, I, it's been a while, I guess, since we've kind of described some of what we're really doing here in Interlight Ministries, and it's always a nice reminder that just to remember that we're really just doing a pathway of going within, going within to discover truly the spirit of who each of us is, to come to know through our own direct personal experience. ILM is not a theology or a philosophy or a belief system or anything of the world. What we teach is simply a way to have direct experience so that we really come to know that truth of the divine that we each are and truly where we are all one. I hate using phrases like that sometimes. Oh my God, I just use the word hate. I love using <laughs> phrases like that. <laughs> this is the other thing here. We're very real. We don't, we don't, spirituality is not a behavior or a way of doing things in the world. It's just who each of us is, regardless of our outer expression. And so we want to focus beyond the physical personality or expressions or, or attitudes or things we do and really move into the spirit of who we are. But that phrase that I was referring to, the one that I love so much, where we are all one, sometimes these phrases get overused. But on one level, I think that's wonderful because they really speak of a very direct, profound truth. But sometimes we just use those phrases so nonchalantly that maybe they really lose the greater, what do I want to say, truth of what that is within us. And so sometimes it's really good to focus on the simple, maybe often used or common phrases that we hear in the world all around us. And you'll hear us use those here in Interlight Ministries as well. But what we want to do here is begin to bring those alive so that we know what those really are, not just as words, but to apply those words and to know those words through our own inner experience. Again, not as an intellectual knowing or knowledge or a belief system, but as a living reality. So that's what we're doing here in Interlight Ministries. In the way that we know to do that, well, first of all, Jim and I share everything from our personal experience here. This isn't something we've read out of books. Sure, we can read this in books. We have books. But we share from our own personal experience, whether the information's written down or not. But in that sharing, because we know as one shares to another in sincerity and truth of one's own experience, there is an actual, what you could call maybe a transmission or a conduction of living, loving essence that is shared from soul to soul. Because when it is shared from the spirit of a wakefulness, it's very different than somebody sitting here preaching words that have been memorized out of a book. Think about it. Have we often been taught about how all life is a frequency or vibration in motion, different frequencies or different vibrations, all living existence, even in philosophy these days, let alone a lot of these things in physics. So in here we teach about the different frequencies or vibrations, or we'll sometimes call them realms or levels of consciousness, 
or different aspects of God's creation. They are all frequencies of light and sound. And so you'll hear us use those two words a lot in here, light and sound. But it is those two elements together that make up loving, which we can literally perceive as a frequency or what we call the spirit through light and sound. The light of God, the voice of God, the sound current, the music of the spheres. There's all kinds of names. We give it here and it has been given throughout history. And those are wonderful reference points. So what we're doing in here is really beginning to go within, as I started by saying, to begin to wake up and to know this true light and sound of God. And that true light and sound is what we call the pathway of light and sound, or sound and light. You'll see in a lot of our written materials as well. We speak of this pathway. It's not truly a path like we had experienced here. It's an experiential way. It's been called through history often. Many, some of you may have a Christian background. Jesus called it the way. Or Lao Tzu, the Tao Te Ching. The way. Yes, Ann? Okay. Tom, could you turn it up just a little bit? So, this has been called many things through history. And there's many references. So, if you want to, you can read about the history, learn more about that. That's always wonderful. And we like it when people do that because we want you to realize that what we're doing here in Interlight Ministries is not some new age, new way, new creative expression, but really a way that's always been. Sure, it may sound a little different now because we're presenting it in this day and age, in this culture here in the West. The same pathway, if you go to the East in India right now, it's being taught as well. But of course, it's going to be more language and Indian terminology. So you're going to get the flavor of the culture of where it's being presented. But nevertheless, it is still that same pathway because it has nothing to do with physical expression. It has everything to do with that inner way of where we close our eyes, let go of our focus into the physical world, and that includes the imagination, the emotions, and the mind, and turn our attention now towards God, towards spirit. We often say it in here, going in and up, in and up. So as we close our eyes, we're simply letting go of our attention or attachment to the world and now bringing our attention inside of ourselves and we say up. Just, that's how God's been referenced, is upwards. It's always vertical in this physical expression or experience. In truth, when you wake up in spirit, you'll discover there's no hierarchy. It's not vertical. It's just beingness that is all pervading throughout all creation. But in this physical experience, there is a direct route or a way by which we can begin to tune in and experience what that divine light and sound of God is within each of us. And that's what we do 
in this action and intellect mysteries of what we call meditation. I say that because the word meditation is another common word that is used everywhere. But there's all kinds of different meditations. Meditations for health, for positive thinking, for changing our emotional and mental states, to performance improvement, to stress reduction. There's all kinds of meditations. But we focus on one simple meditation in here, and that meditation has one single purpose, and that is to awaken us to the divine that we are. And so that's what we teach here. And as part of the classes that we do, we always spend some time in meditation so that we're not just here talking, but that we have opportunity, even right here as we're gathered together, to practice this way of going within. And so, in a few minutes, we're going to move into meditation to begin to have our own direct personal experience. But I want to say a few more words before I take us into meditation. And that is, this very specific direct way we teach does have a very simple focus. It's a simple process. It's not complicated. There's not much to it. But that's part of the problem for a lot of people because there's not so much to it that don't we often find it hard for the mind to stay focused on any one thing too long? It likes to move around and be busy all the time. So if we give the mind a lot of things to do, we feel like we're accomplishing something or doing something. Exactly, but that's the mind. And that's the problem. Because the mind wants to do more, make it more complicated. And so often we may find ourselves in a struggle in even doing this meditation because it has this one simple focus. And it is a focus that is beyond the mind's grasp. And so that's the challenge in this simple action we call meditation. But in that simplicity, the longer we can hold our focus, or shall I say keep returning our focus back to that divine point where the spirit resides in each of us, the more we can keep coming back longer and longer, holding our attention inwards and upwards, focused on the divine light and sound of God, that that door or spiritual eye however we may call it, will begin to open where we begin to see and to hear, to perceive that action of loving that spirit is. And so part of this action of meditation is called be patient. It doesn't always awaken just like that. And even when it does awaken or open up for us, it may be very subtle. And if we're not still and quiet and ever attentive, we often will miss what is taking place because that part of our consciousness is still focused in the mind, the emotions, and into the body. So it's ever important to always hold our attention inwards and upwards. Now in this practice we teach here, many of you are familiar with the chakras of the body, but we don't focus on the chakras, but we do have a focal point 
that resides between these two chakras. Many of us have heard of the third eye, the sixth chakra, or the seventh one, the crown chakra. Well, we focus on what we call the spiritual eye that in truth resides right between the two. Where the sixth and seventh meet, there is the doorway. And that is the doorway. Maybe some of you have heard of that poet Rumi. The door is open, the door is round. That's that doorway, that tenth door, that spiritual door, the spiritual eye, not the third eye, the spiritual eye. That is the eye of the soul of who we are that directly perceives and experiences that truth of the divine. And so that's our focus that we move into in meditation, but then even more than that, in our daily lives, to live from who we are, moment to moment, day to day. And meditation is simply that technique or that way by which we can begin to wake up to that part of ourselves that is that greater reality. And then it's learning to keep coming back there, even with our eyes open. When our eyes are open, it's so easy to allow our attention once again to be distracted into the world. That's why in meditation, we can close our eyes and give our undivided attention to that spirit within. But then it's learning to hold our focus inwards and upwards to the seat of the soul is the other name you'll hear us use a lot in here. Even once we open our eyes so we can live from the soul of who we are, even with the eyes open. I often call that an open-eyed meditation. So it's just easier as we are here in class. We don't have to worry about driving or walking. If you close your eyes and go in and up, you're probably going to crash. But we're seated or laying down. And again, this is not even about physical body position. Whether you're seated, standing, laying down, it's all okay, whatever works for you, because it has nothing to do with your physical body. The only thing that even references the body in this action of spirit that we teach here is, as I said, the reference point by which the soul comes into and leaves that which gives life to this physical body. So we focus on the soul. So even when I sit here physically in meditation, when we focus here between the two chakras here, the spiritual eye, that's just a physical reference point. It has nothing to do with the physical body. It is just that place by which we focus where the soul of us in this physical kingdom resides to have experience. That's it. You ever see pictures like of saints or mystics through the ages, and they always show like a halo around their head or big ball light. That's the soul. They'll often paint that ball of light on the mystics and saints because that's a demonstration that they are awake to their own inner light. Oh, is that how we called this organization? Inner Light Ministries. Exactly. The light of our own soul, the inner light. And so this is about awakening to that inner light that is our own soul. And that's what we're doing in this action of meditation, is that focus, because that light in truth is God. Maybe not the one and only God, but it is God. 
as that divine spark of who we all are, what is that divine spark that we wake up to the God that we are? And then the next part of the journey is that divine spark, the God that we are now, returning in fullness into the creator of all the divine sparks. And that's where we are, in that phrase I so love, where we are all one. So that's what we're doing here in ILM, in this action of meditation, is awakening to that divine spark. And in that awakening, coming to know the greater truth of who we are and that God is. Often we call this a path to soul realization, not self-realization. Self-realization often has to do with the physical self, the mind, the emotions, and the body. But soul realization, that is beyond self. And also God realization. The true waking up where the soul returns to become one with God, to the God self. So yes, there is a destiny in this journey, upon this pathway. That's where we're going. It's just being patient and holding our attention long enough and keep stepping forward, keep loving, keep accepting, keep forgiving. Those are three other actions that we speak of in the unfolding of our life's journey is loving, accepting, and forgiving, LAF. Laugh, have a good laugh. Because it is through that laughter that we really do assist ourselves of walking this inner journey. Yeah, we can wake up and experience a meditation, but then when we're back here in the physical world, what do we do with that? Well, that was there, so now I'm here, now what? Now I gotta walk through hell? Yeah, that's often how we feel. So we're living in reaction and separation. So what we want to do is that which we wake up to in meditation, that true light of loving, now to begin to live it even into this physical consciousness. And that's where we learn to love and accept and forgive. Because in doing those actions in our personal consciousness, is how we allow that true light that we wake up to in meditation to be fully expressed, that we as divine walk freely upon this earth and no longer are caught up in the entanglements and attachments, the fears, the ensnarlments that would keep the soul asleep and in bondage but that we can begin to release those bonds of the world and once again reattach ourselves to the divine that we are. So that's what we're doing. Everything we do in Interlight Ministry is geared towards that. Everything. There's a phrase that goes something like this. It's not what we do in the body. No, let me redo that. <laughs> it's not what we do with the body. In other words, the physical expressions. It's what we do in the body, the soul, who we are. So you'll see us laughing here 
You'll see us cuss and swear. You'll see us have fun. You'll see us get upset. You'll see all the normal behavioral things of the human condition. And we let that all be okay because that's what goes on. This is not about trying to not be human. If anything, this is trying to, in a sense, realize our full potential as being human. 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 Hugh. An ancient, sacred name of God. Hugh means God. Man comes from the word manas or mind. God in the mind. Human. It's interesting when you do a little bit of your history and start to learn even that word, humans, God in the mind. And so, that word hue, that God essence that has come into the mind to have experience into this world, well, that hue, that name, has that frequency of that loving essence that is God. And so, we take that name, we focus on that, and we sing it or say it or chant it, either out loud or within ourselves, as a focal point in our meditation. And so as we focus on that, it begins to awaken that frequency that that God essence is, the hue, the sound. So we focus on these two aspects of God, the light and the sound. The hue, that sound of God, has that vibration or frequency of loving in it. So as we take that in meditation, hold our focus here at the seat of the soul, the spiritualized center, and begin to chant that hue, it begins to enliven that truth of who we are. And then... That other aspect, the light, we can begin through the chanting, through awakening that sound. What was that phrase in the Bible? And God spoke, and then there was light. So out of the sound, or voice of God, came the light. So the sound is really the primary focus. And then after that comes the light. So the sound and the light. So we have the hue the sound of God, and then there's the light of God, sometimes called the Holy Spirit, or sometimes we call it just the light of our own soul. In truth, it's all one and the same because that's where the oneness is. It's just different frequencies or expressions of God's living spirit. So we focus on the sound and the light. So as we're chanting the hue in meditation, we also, in holding our attention here at the seat of the soul, now begin to perceive or to look for that inner light, that light of God. And if we allow ourselves, you've heard that phrase, peace be still and know that I am, is we allow ourselves to become peaceful while holding our attention, that one-pointed focus, and chanting that hue. As we relax, those elements of the world begin to drop away, or maybe at least quiet enough that all of a sudden we begin to now step beyond the mental, emotional, physical aspect and begin to now truly wake up and experience that light. 
don't be surprised. I know many of you here see that inner light often in meditation. In here, in inner light ministries, you'll hear us speak of that light in several different ways. One of the main ways we speak of is that it often will come forward as a purple light, a violet light. That is the light of God's loving or the Holy Spirit that comes forward as we chant this hue, that frequency of loving. And in that light, that purple light, it begins to assist us, the soul, in getting free of all the entanglements and attachments in the world so that we can wake up and begin to see and know that greater truth of spirit. So be aware as we go into meditation and as we chant, and we're going to be doing it out loud. We usually do it just three times. There's no magic in the number three. We could chant it 30 times or 300 times. doesn't matter. But even after doing it out loud, we do that just to kind of attune ourselves here. Then we go quiet and just chant it within and watch for that inner light. It often will come forward as a pulsating light or maybe even moving side to side. We don't even know if it's coming or going, but there's a movement because it's life itself. Purple light is often how, most often how it may come forward, but it also can come forward as a blue light or as a gold or white light. Each of these colors are just different frequencies of that same loving light of God in our own awakening to the greater truth of what that is. So just be aware of that. So if that happens for you, you don't freak out or you don't wonder or get too entangled in it, but simply that you just hold your attention on that inner light while holding that repetition of that hue over and over. It is the sound and the light together. Those two aspects of God's loving, that as we hold our attention on that light and sound, that it begins to lift us into that greater oneness, where eventually that light and sound actually merge and become one. No longer just two aspects, but the two become one. And that's really the full awakening. And that's why we listen for the sound and watch for the light and allow it to lift us, to lead us, to direct us, to guide us. Because that sound and light is truly what we call this inner pathway, this spiritual pathway that leads the soul home to God. So follow the sound, follow the light. But we can't follow it or make it happen out of our own ego self. All we can do is keep holding our focus and attention and allow the light and sound to unfold us. So what do we do? We let go. We surrender. We give up. We simply become receptive and open to now allow that inner light and sound to unfold us, to lift us, to fill us, to breathe us, to experience us. So, peace be still and know that I am. Peace be still has often been referred to as the middle way, the straight and the narrow. 
becoming centered. Many names for it. So we become centered and still. And then in that middle way, that begins to fill us. And then it begins to lift us. And here you often, often will hear us call it neutrality, the path of neutrality. We become neutral, where we are no longer caught up in the positive and negative, the right and the wrong, the good and the evil of the world, but now have become neutral to those polarities and allowed ourselves to now be right center because it is that center place where all of a sudden now, in that peace, that the I am can come forward, that we can awaken and experience that greater truth. So peace be still and know that I am. But notice in this meditation, it is not Zen-like where we empty the mind and become quiet. Good luck with that. We don't focus on the letting go, that phrase, let go, let God. We don't focus on the letting go. We focus on letting God because we know in letting God and keeping our attention on God first and foremost that in that the letting go takes place. So you don't even have to work at it. Well, you might have to a little. But if you don't want to work at it, you just keep focusing on God and allow the letting go just to unfold itself. Because it will. The more we focus on God, the more we are loving. And in that loving, that's what neutralizes the polar charges of the world that would keep us attached and focused down and out into this physical journey. Nothing wrong with that. We're not against that. We're all here. We might as well come into acceptance. It's a heck of a lot harder if we don't. We're always struggling, always in separation, always in reaction. If you want to let go of all that struggle, separation, and reaction, just focus on the loving. And in the loving, we rise above. And in the rising above, all that just drops away. Because we no longer are feeding it. It's in our feeding it that we keep it charged. So the other action of meditation is, in a sense, to malnourish that which we've been feeding in the world, the mind, the emotions, and body, and now to feed our souls. Often the chanting, that hue, that sacred name, it's also been referred to as feeding the soul. The mana from heaven, the nectar of spirit, the milk and honey of the promised land. All these references. So we want to feed ourselves that spiritual food. And that's what we're doing in meditation. And as we feed that, guess what begins to live now within us? Anything we feed will begin to take greater life. So if we feed the soul, the spiritual part of ourselves, it will take greater life within us. But automatically, at the same time, that begins greater life. Something else is going to drop away because that energy of who we are is always feeding something. So if we're now feeding the soul, then that energy had to come from somewhere. So guess what? Whatever we pulled that out of to feed the soul, 
that thing we are feeding here now is going to drop away because it's no longer are we giving it our life essence to keep it alive. In the East, they call it getting liberated from your karma. And that's another reference to this pathway. It's called soul liberation. The path of soul liberation in which the soul is liberated and freed from its karma. What is that word karma? And here you'll hear us refer to it as unlearned lessons. Those lessons that yet we the soul have to experience in these physical worlds. And again, when I say physical worlds, I mean not just the body, but the imagination, the emotions, the mind, even the unconscious and subconscious, all of that. But how do we learn those, learn those unlearned lessons? By experience, by having experience. So we don't want to deny or not allow ourselves to experience in this world. What we want to do is have experience with loving, with acceptance, with forgiveness, so that we can walk through this world freely rather than caught up and attached to it. I hope this is making sense. But this is what we're doing. We can begin to get a certain level of personal freedom just by living and loving and acceptance and forgiveness. But it's not until we go into meditation do we truly rise above all the elements of the physical universe. I say that because I've done a lot of personal growth programs, a lot of loving, acceptance, forgiveness, and have wonderful experience. And we can truly transform our physical lives in great and wonderful ways in doing so. But I've never found that greater truth of awakening to the source of all life just through that. Until a truly devoted my focus to the meditation to allow myself to rise above these realms of physical experience into the spiritual realms of experience. No amount of personal growth work I did got me there. But in the meditation, that got me there and the personal growth work I did helped me to get freer in the world so that I could keep experiencing more of that greater truth of spirit. And the more I experienced there, the more I lived that loving into the world, it just expanded. Remember I said this isn't a vertical pathway, it just seems like that because of the way it's set up here. But once you awaken to the greater truth, you realize it's just an expansion of consciousness in all directions. There's no limitations, there's no up, down, left or right. It is just truly living, that beingness that is experiencing all of creation, even if it appears vertically in this physical universe. So this pathway of sound and light is that way by which the soul traverses and transcends the physical kingdom to wake up and realize and know itself and truth in that spiritual kingdom we call God or the kingdom of heaven. So, 
I think that clearly explains what we're doing here and what we're about. So if you had any other preconceptions or notions or fantasies, you can let them all go. You'll hear us often refer to things that seem somewhat paranormal, supernormal, metaphysical, psychic. Sure, we'll refer to those because that's part of the journey. It's through all those fields or creations or realms. But it's just part of the journey. We keep going. Keep reaching for God. Keep walking towards God. Keep loving and allow yourself to rise above it all. Don't stop. Keep persevering. Be patient. Allow yourself to keep letting go. Allow yourself to keep awakening. Allow yourself to let God. I say that because there are some amazing, fantastic, wonderful experiences that we will have on our journey on the way home to God that are just so amazing. It would be so easy just to focus into those and forget about the ultimate destination or goal. I know because I've done a lot of that. But not for too long, luckily. Just like anything, you try to hang on to what always happens. You ever hold water, fill your hand with water and try to hold on to the water? What's it do? It always leaks out. We can never really hold on to anything, right? Well, exactly. For those of you who have kids, how is it trying to hang on to your kids? Especially if they've gotten older, and they're teens or 20s and they're moved out. You can't hang on to them. Life keeps going on, keeps moving. Same thing here. But also I bring up kids because what I said earlier, this is also called be patient. Because even in physical life, we mature physically. As we're born into this world and as we grow up or mature, there's an action similar in spirit as we begin to walk a pathway of soul awakening. Because at first it is like being a little baby. Whereas we begin to meditate, we begin to experience the greater truth of life. It's also called the second birthing, or being born again, being born in the spirit. Well, if you say you're born again, well, you're a baby, aren't you? I don't care if you're 45, 55, 65, 85, 105. If you're just waking up to spirit, you're just a little baby. But didn't even Jesus say, become like little children? Because it is in that innocence, that childlike innocence, where there is the openness, the vulnerability, the sincerity, the honesty to allow ourselves just to experience life, whatever it is. And that's what it takes to really walk this pathway inwards and upwards. And so we walk it. We sit down daily, go into meditation. I say sit down, but I like to lay down a lot. And here I'll be sitting down, but at home when I do this every day, I lay down. But I also know how to hold a focus so I don't fall asleep. Well, not all the time. It's about focus. But be aware, this also takes time. But every day, just like a child growing up, 
We've got to live each day. And living each day is how we have our experience where we mature over time. And then the wisdom comes in through daily living experience. Same is true in spirit. Daily living experience. Just as in the world, as above, so below, so below, as above. Daily living experience in the spirit. So you mature to become that fully awake soul. Not just a little baby, but the soul that is fully awake. So you'll hear us talk about spiritual growth, spiritual development, spiritual awakening, or the journey. These are all references. That's what they call a pathway and a journey. You've got to walk it. It takes time to get from here to there. In truth, that's the illusion. But in this fantastic illusion, we honor the way it's been set up. And in honoring it, we are in acceptance. And in the acceptance comes the freedom and the liberation because we do not resist or deny or create separation with the way things are. The path of least resistance. How about the path of no resistance? Release all the resistance. And if there's no resistance, guess what? We're free. We'll rise up above out of this physical creation where the resistance is and truly become one with our own soul. And I say that because when you really wake up and become one with your own soul, it's amazing, it's huge, it's beyond anything you could imagine. And that's the end of one part of the journey and yet just the beginning of another. Because then there's that journey of the soul now awakening and returning back into that oneness with God. So you could call this somewhat of a two-legged journey. I like to call it the Texas two-step. But it's all done through that living, loving essence that God is in each of us, which is right here, our own soul, our own God consciousness. That's all we have to do is focus here in meditation, and it all unfolds. All these words I've been giving to this whole action just unfolds beautifully, wonderfully, easily, and simply. It's all the other stuff that's complicated and hard, not this path of awakening. So that's simplicity. It's simply holding our focus on the light and the sound. That's it. And all the rest just unfolds. So how about if we go ahead and now move into the meditation. I'm going to lead us into the meditation. And then when we're done, I'll also bring us out of the meditation. And the way this is going to look is that I'll just be spending a couple minutes asking you to get settled in and close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to bring your attention to the seat of the soul. Some of us, to begin with, you may feel it right here on your forehead or at the top of your head or somewhere in between or maybe even slightly above your head. You may even feel a sensation on the top of your head or a slight pressure. 
Some of us may see that inner light that I spoke of, whether it's purple or blue or gold or white. Other colors are fine too, but those specific colors have a very specific function of the soul's awakening and getting free of this world. And then the chanting the hue. At one point, I'll ask us to chant it out loud. We'll just do it three times. And then after that, we'll just go quiet. And I'll have a few more words saying to now just chant within, quietly. And then after that, I'm going to become silent for about 15, 20 minutes. We don't have an exact time. So the whole meditation, and then once we're done with the silence, I'll begin to speak again and ask you to start coming more present and focus once again at the seat of the soul. And then after a couple minutes, begin to open your physical eyes again and come more present. And then we'll move into more of a sharing like I've already been doing. We'll have Jim share at some point too. So the whole meditation will be about 20 to 30 minutes or so long. Don't worry about watching your clocks. I don't watch it either. I just follow that movement of spirit. It's always perfect. 